0: So uh, the CW did a press event for Black Lightning, probably like the week it premiered. And I I saw Cress Williams and I asked him, I was like, did you ever think when you played a villain on Lois and Clark that you would someday (laughs) be Black Lightning, one of the major DC icons? And he's like, no, back then, no, because back then it wasn't a thing. It was very few and far between. We didn't have the movies going on. I, I was just really stoked to be playing the villain." a lot of times the villains are more fun and I was a villain that actually survived. Oh, spoiler warning, he survived. <laughs> um, it wasn't really a genre yet, but once it became a genre, yeah, I was hoping and I felt like it was kind of my destiny to play the superhero. I mean, I'm six foot five and I wanna play a superhero. So I felt like it should happen at some point point. and just at that moment I didn't think it was going to, it happened and now we see Black Lightning every week on the CW.
1: You know what's amazing to me about that statement? That he's six foot five, and they somehow kept him in frame with Dean Kane the whole time. Uh, Lois <inaudible> and Clark, Clark is our, J. Is our J. We're, We're talking t- about Terry Dean t- 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 and b- Superman. B- ba- ba- we'll cover it all, at least we'll do what we can. can. Be, b- b- and b- b- now b- 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 it's
2: time b- for the show. B- b-
0: It's kind of like that uh when they did the dc crisis thing and they're all standing side by side and like everybody's towering over superman shouldn't be happening either yeah whoops and i love tyler hecklin but yeah like again chris williams people away from him and he's six five literally i'm sticking my hand up and nobody's gonna see it but
1: i'm realizing how many apple boxes there are probably on the set of crisis on infinite earths but Welcome back to Lois and Clark to the new podcast of Superman. I'm Matt Truex, and I'm joined once again by the illustrious Mr. Craig Byrne of Krypton Sight. How are you, sir? I'm doing well.
0: I'm excited to be here. Um, I remember not liking Never on Sunday very much back in 1995, was it, or 96?
1: 96. 96? Officially. Yes. We'll and into I
0: still it. don't like it that much in 2021, but hey.
1: Interesting. <laughs> now, last week's episode, um, uh huh. I already forgot the name of it. The season Home is where the heart is. is, the heart is. Thank you. Um, I remember liking more, and then like I, I enjoyed watching the episode. but I was like, oh, this is one of the kind of like hokey ones where there's no plot. This one, maybe it's because I didn't remember it very well, but I really enjoyed watching. So I'm, I'm glad we can get into it. And obviously, like like you, started I feel like
0: with... there might be opposites here because like I loved Ellen Lane lois's mother
1: of course beverly Beverly garland
0: Garland was brilliant but i found her kind of annoying in this one
1: yeah she's not listening (laughs) to anybody but also lois isn't expressing herself correctly it's a whole thing
0: clark's got insecurities and dream you know so it happens
1: and he does have insecurities but it's so not a part of that but i I, I, anyway we'll get into it here in a second
0: Aaron sunday's taking advantage of those insecurities yeah
1: yeah black lightning's being a fucking dick about it um but we are talking, we're talking three twelve, never on Sunday, uh, which premiered January seventh, nineteen ninety six. So like first one after the Christmas break, you know, what like we're the back in Metropolis. What's that?
0: What day of the week did it air?
1: Uh, I don't know, January seventh.
0: It was on a Sunday. I was gonna be at- like, Oh, the- <laughs> the <sprocketing.
1: laughs> I was like, you're <laughs> asking too much of me. <laughs> um, that's right, because it was on the show was on Sunday for most of the run, right? Yeah, and then they moved to- us. Just-
0: brief saturday time in right
1: before it died yeah okay i should have known that answer um anyway directed by michael lang who's done a bunch of stuff he did a bunch of bones looked like the biggest title for him and written by grant rosenberg who has written on the show before Uh, we talked about him recently because he did um when irish eyes are killing uh but he also did the two prankster shows so between this and when irish eyes are killing he seems to be like the um, someone from another culture has come into Metropolis and is going to attack them using that type deal. So
0: Well, do you know what I remember and I feel kind of like a jerk for this? Okay. But, uh, <laughs> it's a great setup. Keep going. Yeah, I'm just gonna tell you about this. Uh-huh. So when I went to interview Brad Buckner around the time they were filming episode three twenty. Oh, what I wouldn't give. I was walking into the office mm-hmm. and I actually overheard somebody saying, Aren't they the people that wrote that never on Sunday review? Where we gave it a D, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that was probably Grant Rosenberg, and I feel like such I still to this day, years later, I feel like a dick for it. Whoops! Sorry, Grant Rosenberg. Uh,
1: he was on the show for so long too, but that—that's the. I'm sure he heard other criticism, but that's the one that stuck with him, I guess.
0: Well, I think we usually were pretty positive about the show, and that week we weren't. We we're just like this was. Awesome. <laughs> I, I don't know if we still have those Krypton Club newsletters archived anywhere or that particular one. I should look for it, but
1: I just know we roasted it. I would love to post some of that stuff a day. Oh um, oh, that's what I can find. I'm also realizing that not only, like, you know, uh, someone from another culture comes in and attacks Lois and Clark, but now it's like magic comes in and attacks Lois and Clark. Like, this is the second episode in a row that Grant Rosenberg has done that has like legit magic going on in it which is interesting because the show this is kind of the first season where the show went into that you know
0: well magic effects, Superman of course oh it's great so it's hard to beat him in other ways especially when you have a $200 effects budget
1: every week It it's just amazing to me that they waited that they held back for two years I mean like because the the Penn and Teller or the Penn Gillette episode like that wasn't really magic that was like hypnosis it, and down. yeah suggestions and like that type of thing you know Whereas this is like this and the the when Irish eyes is straight up magic and there'll be more of it to come. like wait till ghosts, everybody. But, um, hey, but it's, an, it's interesting to long. me. Don't What's it? Yeah, don't wait too long. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's interesting that they held, held the trigger on that for two years when it is one of his famous weaknesses from the comics, also, like you're saying.
0: Aaron Sunday is one of the few actual Superman villains to appear in the show.
1: Wait, what?
0: Yes. What Baron Sunday is from the comics.
1: Blow my mind! Like what? 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 Where? When? Uh, look
0: it Up while we're talking. Hold on. This is
1: this is the great podcasting stuff.
0: Yeah, Baron Sunday. Uh, yeah, okay, he was a Metropolis crime lord who killed people using voodoo. Um, Son when did he first appear in the comics? Bitch. First appeared in Superman, Volume 2, Number 26, December 1988.
1: So the John Byrne stuff. Oh, creator John Byrne. Amazing. Well, you heard it here first, folks. I can't believe that.
0: And his abilities are listed as just voodoo. Voodoo. (laughs) Well,
1: okay. That's amazing. Already we're learning today. Thank you, Chris.
0: I think that's one thing that's cool about you know Superman and Lois being on now is they're pulling random characters like that into the show. Right. Like oh, the, the Easter eggs have been
1: great so far. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm really
0: liking it. So if it's you're
1: listening, been it's the show. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been exciting. But um, but let's jump back to 1996 here. Uh, now that you've blown my mind with Superman facts, I had no idea. Um, this is the second episode to start with the fanfare i'm calling it with the um you know fireworks of the logo (laughs) yeah which just a stylish flourish that they brought into the show here mid season three for no reason like do do you have any info on like do you remember when that first started showing up was that i remember i
0: just remember it first showing up and being a thing but also remember it was the start of season three when we actually got opening uh, we got the episode titles listed before that they didn't do that either did they
1: start doing this here yet i didn't i didn't notice it
0: i think with we have a lot to talk about was the first time they did it
1: wow i haven't been calling that out okay
0: but uh another thing that i remember it was either this season or season two the cast actually filmed a special like happy new year message that they ran like with a repeat or something
1: yes i think that was season two i think i've seen that it was like a, okay. it was like a Christmas or New Year's method okay, something yeah. like that That's yeah
0: was around by that point I know. yes
1: but but she still had the Bob yeah a key a key okay. identifier you know yeah. <laughs> um, um but we saw st- like God bless it this is the must be the quickest opening or cold open that they've ever done where he's in bed having a dream of a weird metal door closing on him and the snake tattooy welt thing shows up on his chest and cut to Baron Sunday with a voodoo doll and cat eyes doing bad stuff and like that's like it's so it's so quick like this is this is the episode you know Mm -hmm. do you want to talk about the spaceship now or do you want to talk about the spaceship later
0: we can talk about it later it seemed like the door was way too big to have been the spaceship
1: oh yeah none of it none of it works for me it's just Um about now we're talking about it. It's just you know, about the, even
0: the hands. I couldn't tell if those were adult hands or kid hands. Like you'd think you would have been dreaming about baby hands.
1: About baby hands. I don't remember. I just like the texture of the whole inside of that just doesn't work. Cause we, we saw it and I appreciate what they're trying to do, but. As someone who's far too obsessed with the spaceship prop, you're not fooling me. Yeah.
0: Well, what happened is Black Lightning couldn't remember what the ship looked like. <laughs> right. His
1: head. I think it's an effective cold open, though. Like I really, I, I was kind of joking about it, but I like the economy of it. Like that must have been a page and a half in the script. But after our opening credits, uh, cut to the Daily Planet. Clark's using the stairs for once, which is nice. And uh, and Perry's Perry's not doing so hot with this whole being single life, is he?
0: See, I, I. That's one of the storylines that I've kind of forgotten in twenty five years, the whole mm-hmm. thing and Alice breaking up. I, I just remember they were so secretive about Alice and then in one episode they just randomly just brought her in completely.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> the the I mean we kind of see her in just say Noah, but the but the fact that we have this kind of storyline for two years and then they just throw it away with her coming back. Yeah. The second to last uh, episode is so weird. I thought
0: it was cute and I'm I'm gonna be jumping around here, but I thought it was oh, yeah cool that he brought Jimmy with him. It's like oh no, forget all these dates. Jimmy wants to see this.
1: Oh, I felt like let's talk about that now, but I felt like that was complete bullshit. Like later on when he brings him to the magic show you're talking about?
0: Yeah. No, just, because Perry and Jimmy, you know, it's like they're supporting characters in a TV show about them. Of course they're going to show up.
1: Right. I just <laughs> like I Perry giving the like, "Oh, well, Jimmy really wanted to see it." And Jimmy being like, "No, he chickened out." You're right, Lois. Like I I just I don't believe Perry for a second. I think he's uh I think he's getting nervous i think clark not knowing how a woman would react to him here freaked him out a little bit but uh, we get interrupted here with uh Lois coming in um I, I just liked the detail that she uh she tried to call clark last night because a great movie was on that she wanted to tell him about but he was he was out walking it just felt so 90s to me that they were watching you know like regular television and being like oh turn on turner classic movies or whatever you're gonna love this uh, but I also like that she's like questioning him as to like why why were you out like oh I, I just couldn't sleep I didn't want to be home you know but little does she know that he's freaked the hell out and this is where we get I don't know the kind almost the creepiest magic thing for the episode happens for me here where like Clark we see Clark throw away the Baron Sunday pamphlet or invite is what it was and uh, all of a sudden Jimmy shows up at the desk like here Clark this just came for you and he has a like wait what I, I just threw this out like I thought that was kind of simple but cool well what i
0: thought when i was watching it again it was like a sign of the times mm-hmm. like now you would get the whole invite over a pdf over email yeah true Back then, they had to print out the whole invites yeah i thought the that whole, was kind of funny the um, whole pamphlet but, yeah i mean this is this no i guess it's the year after lois didn't even know what email was so oh god like 90s
1: yeah that's right <laughs> um Thankfully, though, like apparently, Lois and Clark really do not keep up with the times very much. They have no idea who Baron Sunday is, but Jimmy knows and knows that he's super cool magic guy and lives on a plane and like has this crazy lifestyle. I like that—that's the the thing that everybody knows about him. He lives on this plane. I wonder if they just had
0: like a plane set on the Warner Brothers lot, and they're like, "Why don't we just use this?"
1: Maybe like it, they go out to this the tarmac, I guess, but like that is totally a set inside that plane. I have no idea. Yeah. But it is a nice, I mean, it gives us a place for the finale later that's a little freaky. It, you know, like, kind of shows off his rock and roll lifestyle. He's not He's not the crime boss he, the famous crime boss he is in the comics, apparently. But, but. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, But yeah, J- Jimmy gives the whole rundown. But then, like, Clark kind of, I mean, I'm going mean, to call him panic attacks, right? Like, he keeps having visions of the ship in it. In it throws him again here i think it's effective especially this late in the series to see him really really struggling like this you know like we don't see him weak on this show very much at all
0: no we don't and i think it really plays well in the whole thing about them being about to be married so you know like lois is probably afraid of clark getting well she is afraid of cold feet mm-hmm. and then we have all this wedding planning and Clark's having these dreams that he doesn't know where they're coming from. And it's like, it's like taking a real life situation and just making it big. That's yes. what the show did. It's like, you know.
1: Supersizing and, it, if you will.
0: In a way, that's actually really good. You know, I was kind of mean to this episode 25 years ago and a little bit mean today. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that is kind of, pro- it's probably more relatable to see as an adult, too, than it yeah. would have as a teenager when i was watching originally
1: that i totally understand um and and again like it's it's not one i go back to much so it was it was a pleasure to watch it for this and realize like oh no this is this is a solid episode of this you know um i like here we uh we cut outside to the metropolis air shuttle and we get some continuity we've seen metropolis air before on the show so I, I was happy with that this is like i guess the real introduction of cress williams as uh as baron sunday he's sitting on the tram shuttle whatever talking with roger clemens uh and he starts guessing the guy's name uh and like kind of showing off the psychic but also giving the like you know
0: it wasn't really roger clemens was it
1: rob clemens oh my god
0: baseball player what one of the
1: few times a baseball thing will slip out of my mouth that was that was amazing I am, I'm reading too fast. Anyway, like he he purposely like guesses his birthday wrong. Um, I guess just to kind of like throw him off the scent and freak him out a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the whole thing, like is Baron Sunday even here? Was he just an astral projection? He like magically steals the guy's scarf, but also gives him 10 bucks, then disappears. Like it, it's kind of unclear, right?
0: Well, um, what I was more interested in in this scene Mm-hmm. Is how most of it was shot in that one little area of the Warner Brothers back lot, but yes, it's like they were on a real road for part of it, and then they were back on the back lot and they're swinging around, and it's like this is only like a one block area where there all this action is going on. So oh yeah,
1: a hundred percent. Like when when basically Baron's whole move here is that he's going to make this guy have hallucinations, have like flashbacks to Nam, basically.
0: And it was really funny because when my friends and I went to the studio, I think it was December of 95. So this was before I was there for It's a Small World. December of 95, I was with some friends. And uh, we did the Warner Brothers tour and saw Dean. I remember that. But uh, we did the back lot where um, it's now like a row of houses. But it used yes. to be from a western town. And there that lake from uh, the Ordinary People episode of Lois and Clark. And Green Green Glow uh, at
1: home, the, the jungle set. Yes.
0: Home. I think the house from the Waltons is back there, or was back there. Either way, they still had bullets on the ground from this guy's hallucinations. And we actually took the bullets home with us.
1: The, bu- or like the, the shell casings, I guess? The
0: shell casings, because they were just on the ground.
1: Oh, that's cool. That's but super we're cool. like,
0: what's the score? It's like, oh, they shot a Lois and Clark here.
1: It it, it it like to what you were saying before, it is impressive to me how, how much they get away with just reusing the same five or six locations on this lot. Um, because like we like we just named a bunch of different times that they've used that back lot set and they've used that jungle set, and they've used it other times still that we didn't even mention. And then, like you're saying, like this this um airport shuttle is just going up and down basically the street in front of the Daily Planet a dozen times when he starts like panicking and, and driving crazy and then stops at the other like kind of downtown New York street for a second. But it's I thought it was cleverly
0: shot though that it looked like it was going downhill at one point. Yes. Like, they like shot it at an angle.
1: Yeah. Which is pretty cool. It looked pretty good. But meanwhile while all this is happening, Lois and Clark are off to meet uh, Ellen Lane, Beverly Garland showing up again, and weirdly enough, Beverly Lipton, her wedding planner friend, to start planning the what Clark thought was a small wedding, but Lois apparently had other plans. Like,
0: she dreamt about it all her life.
1: Apparently. Which, I mean, you are as much a student of these characters as I am. Does that, does that feel like Lois Lane to you? I guess it never felt right to me.
0: I thought the episode was kind of true when uh, Lois said, oh, just once when I was six. I buy that. Mm. So I think okay. she might have mentioned it once, but I clearly this is the wedding that Ellen wishes she had had.
1: It's totally that, but I'm also like, and I know it's not Beverly Garland, but I'm like, girl, you had a big wedding once. You almost had a big wedding once, you know?
0: <laughs> Why don't they just have the wedding at the Beverly Garland Hotel?
1: Yes, there was a there was a Beverly Garland Hotel named after the the lady yourself out here for a while. Um, but I think it's lost its branding, right? Like, hasn't it changed? I feel
0: like they still call it like the Garland or something or the Garland. Oh, maybe. Um, but yeah, and she was actually the one who owned the hotel.
1: Amazing. I, I thought it was like a family member.
0: No, and I believe they even had the folk fest there at least once when Beverly Garland was still <laughs> alive. And she showed up for it. I could Remember that completely wrong, but uh, I'm sure somebody who's listening would know for sure. Oh, please let us know! Yeah, I love what she brought as Ellen.
1: I do too. I I was amazed that this is just her. Like you know, walk looking back at the show now, like kind of how it evolves is coming into focus a little bit better for me. But like, I'm amazed that this is just her second episode.
0: Really, was Home is Where the Hurt is her first one?
1: Yep. Oh wow! Isn't that crazy?
0: And that was also the first one for replacement sam too for, right? for
1: second sam second sam and second ellen make their premiere at the same time they
0: didn't meet second lucy
1: who didn't even only the wedding <laughs> either of them you know uh-huh. but this this wedding planner this other beverly at the scene here like nothing out of her mouth isn't crazy like she's talking about 50 piece orchestras and swiss bell ringers and like doves to be released when they say I do or whatever. Like it's all just it's all just nuts out, right? She wants money. She gets really.
0: and Sam Lane's paying. <laughs> so <laughs> you know
1: nothing to of neglect. Yes, exactly. <laughs> there we I, go. <laughs> I love that line. Um I <laughs> also love here that like at the aforementioned shuttle is going crazy and of course Clark superheroes it and like there's no attempt at a super excuse he just like gets up from the table and you know says he has to go and runs away and it just looks like it looks terrible for lois i feel so bad for her left behind on that one
0: yeah well i mean again it makes him look like he's having really cold feet yeah although i feel like if i were in that situation and somebody were going on and on about turtle doves and all that stuff (laughs) or whatever i'd freak out too i'd be like yeah no i don't think i want to do this
1: Oh, it's just crazy too. Like, it's just one of those, like, I wish you they're getting better, but I really wish these two people that are in love would communicate about anything because I I know it would take some of the drama away, but I feel like Superman and Lois is doing it fine and keeping drama right now.
0: But I think it also accentuates one of the things about the show that I think suffered in its final season and a half Mm -hmm. is that it's really starting to get campy. Yes, and as much as I love Beverly Garland, this whole storyline seems so campy. <laughs> She's not helping. Wedding planner, and then Ellen Lane is just so over the top. It's like, I don't know. Like, and I mean, and I'm somebody that like the one with um, the final episode with Fathead. That was campy, but my favorite part is her getting on and be like Superman, Ellen Lane. You know. Yes. So I mean, she her camp does fit in well, but like when you're trying to tell a serious story with this voodoo stuff
1: i don't know if it really fits i i i i think i agree with you like okay. i i know the show is it is veering towards that campy stuff but it is um i don't know there, there's a happy medium that i think it, it never quite hit though again i do love kind of the I'll say unique storytelling that they take on sometimes, and, but I sometimes mean, it's a miss. It's a very really fine line.
0: Our favorite happy medium star will be showing up later in the
1: episode. Happy me. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I was just waiting. for that, that was good. That just took me a second. <laughs> um, anyway, Superman goes, he stops the thing just in t- the bus just in time before it hits the like, whatever, like food festival happening on the street. Um, <laughs> and like just so happens to rip the guy's shirt open to see the creepy snake tattoo thing. And some other rando guy on the bus is telling him about like, he was talking about captain Ellis and you know, there's our clue, I guess. Well, um, here's a question for you. Yes, if, please. Um, that
0: I just was having trouble piecing together when I'm watching this. So are we to assume that two people who knew each other were on the same bus and, did they not realize it but also didn't clark know these people Two. who's the other person on the bus that the guy that replaced baron sunday on the bus wasn't that the spy guy they knew no oh okay i know he just a rando there there is okay. totally i thought it was the same guy so i got very confused no but, but and wouldn't, then wouldn't clark
1: recognize the bus driver though Maybe, but maybe he didn't have much to do with him because he was just getting the story through Matt Young, the NAA guy.
0: Okay, never mind. The spy guy. He's not
1: even a spy, but whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, the NAA, like they play them like they're MI6 on the show, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, um, but before we get to him, we have to go to a magic show for the first time in two years. It's been a while. Oh, yeah. You know? My friend Jarrett's not at this one. No, he's not okay. um, instead we've got instead I, I'm sorry to do this, but we have to take a Harry Thatcher moment and uh, and discuss the big hair on Miss Terry Hatcher. Uh, like it looks good throughout the rest of the episode, but something about like the going out looking fancy. Um, I, like do she does doesn't do it for me.
0: I feel like season three got really weird with yes. her hair like there's some episodes like just say Noah, her hair is adorable it's perfect oh yeah like and that's the hair that she had on her tv guide cover i remember okay. <laughs> or it might have been a canadian tv guide either way it looked great <laughs> um it had a white background anyway um and i, I did, think it looks I totally earlier in, in this episode Canada,
1: too say what oh, sorry you you ordered the canadian tv guide to make sure you yeah, got the t- terry t- one
0: Yes, I had to have the Canadian TV guide with Terry Hatcher on it. I'm a person admiring Terry Hatcher, even though it's crazy or pathetic. <laughs> that was actually an acronym in fandom back in the day. Oh, person admiring Terry Hatcher, even though it's crazy. Oh my P- god, P.I.C. P- I- C. Yeah, we we were we had a, so many acronyms. There was a lot
1: less to do on the internet then, huh?
2: But
0: it was fun. <laughs> aol chats or late night irc chats talking about the show like it it got a little crazy around season four though because you had like the factions of people who loved the show no matter what and then the other people were like it's getting kind of dumb sure the the
1: restore the levine verse people
0: oh yeah right why didn't i try that it's just her hair just was not that flattering for her in no
1: No, no. And to the point where I called it out when I covered that episode a few months ago and I'm going to call it out again soon, you know? Like it's just it's not great, but yeah, regardless, sorry. she's still like the most beautiful woman in the world, so yes. whatever.
0: Um and yeah, the bring it- back the just say Noah hair.
1: Right. Yes. Hashtag. Um meanwhile, Baron or Zim- Baron Zemo. Oh, oh my wow. god. Wow. <laughs> just to cement this in time when we're recording that. Baron Sunday is on stage and seemingly like doing real magic to the point where like he's he's doing like he's got Ziggy his assistant tied up in a box basically, and he cuts his head off and levitates the head and shows I love that he's that in Clark there and moves to the box was done. That's what I love too. Like Clark yeah. is looking, he's like, "Shit, no wires, no string, like no mirrors. Like, what the hell?" But that's.
0: I feel like that's something I like to see in a Superman TV show or movie. It's just like Superman needs to be a little bit playful with his powers from time to time. And I thought yes. Dean sold that scene really well. Also. Um, it just was fun and it's kind of cheeky and Lois can be like, what are you looking at? You know, it's just, yeah, it's cute. And also we should point out that Ziggy was played by Gary Dordan, who was in CSI for several seasons amazing your yeah, cast members from that show so he moved up in the world after this he didn't yeah. have to do an awful accent or
1: anything like that <laughs> yeah the, the very like jamaica uh, accent yeah. that he does here yeah it was awkward it's it's a bummer it it did make me wonder though not his accent specifically but the stage show of like you know i guess baron zemo is god damn it
0: no I, you better keep in this baron zemo god
1: stuff. damn it yes you need
0: to keep the baron zemo references. <laughs>
1: I'm just gonna call him Sunday. Um, I guess Sunday is magical, but it also made me think: like, is this a prestige situation? Like, is he just constantly killing Ziggy and bringing him back? But we we kind of realized later on that it's uh, it's more of a Ziggy's on borrowed time anyway situation, you know?
0: Yeah, I I I tend to believe that he can manipulate matter in a way i right. mean apparently again keeping it in your little baron zemo world <laughs> yeah it could be like wanda maximoff who can you know sure. change reality around things i mean I've clearly he's changing the realities around like the bus driver earlier in the episode he's making it appear that like smoke's coming out of his room and like he's a smoke monster or something right so i or and he could put like a snake shape on somebody's chest yeah, and become so a snake later. Yeah. So He's I'm a talented the, motherfucker. So I'm on the side of he has like, you know, some I'm not just illusory powers, but kind of like changing reality powers a little bit.
1: Yeah. Okay. I'll take that. It makes me it makes me wish we were on a show with a slightly bigger budget so that he didn't just do like stage magic and voodoo doll stuff. But um I I think you're right. I think this is certainly the biggest magical threat we've met so far uh, yeah probably until we see Mixius yes yeah yeah i guess he would be if we're calling him magic i guess he's the most anyway <laughs> years years down the line and by that i mean a year and don't worry i'll do the podcast before years down the line but um i like like as he's um finishing up his show uh baron sunday is looking like directly at clark and clark is having a like she is is he staring at me moment you know like again this guy's very magical he he senses that this guy that he's
0: after is is in the crowd already or he's black lightning and he sees his teammate superman is like hey what's ah, up ah
1: one of the many <laughs> um and then this is where jimmy and perry came in and uh like we talked about it earlier yeah perry faking that He gave up his his blind date for Jimmy, but Jimmy telling the truth about it. Just in time for Jimmy to be pulled up on stage and be absolutely humiliated by this magic trick.
0: Before we get to the humiliation, can we talk about birthdays? Because you and I talked about this a little bit before the show, how he asked Clark his birthday, he asked Jimmy his birthday.
1: When's he asked Jimmy? Is it during this performance here? Okay.
0: And Jimmy says it's, like, February 1974, even though Justin Whelan was born in September
1: of 74. Interesting. Two February birthdays are mentioned here. Yes. And we have problems with both of them. But let's wait on Clark's here for a second. Okay. Just to talk about, like, how awful this type of magic is. Like, I've, I've never been to, like, a hypnotism show where they do the, like, uh, you're third grade and you're naked. But, like, it's just it's just to make fun of him all his friends are laughing at him like he's having a horrible time he bangs his head on the imaginary uh, desk and gets a bruise from it like poor jimmy this is mean yeah
0: but i mean it's his fault for not being the real jimmy anyway no, just- okay oh wow really you know <laughs> ryan's not here anymore we don't have to keep this going <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just kidding um i mean you think about it and there are times when characters in this series have been under the influence and have done crazy things like, you know, singing to Rahalia. Oh, sure. Um, I feel like this is just another one of those moments and it was Jimmy's turn to be humiliated. I guess. and In front of um, everyone. I actually thought Justin was quite good in that scene. Like, I liked that he really did, like, he just was, like, wide-eyed. and His voice changed like he was just a little kid. And I thought he did what he was told. Oh, so. totally.
1: But then uh, after the show, Baron Sunday comes out and meets with, you know, our crew for a bit. Uh, Jimmy's got a bruise and and Baron kind of explains, like, you know, what's real in his mind is real in his body and blah, blah, blah. So it kind of ties into, like, why all this you know, magic suggestion is affecting these people so much. Giving away the game, really, is what he's doing. Um, but then, yes, he asked Clark Kent what his birthday is, and he guesses it. Or it, that's what it is. He guesses it as February 28th, 1966, which I didn't check if it's um, Dean Kane's birthday, but it is certainly not Clark Kent's birthday. Dean I is July 31st, 66. Jesus, nicely done. Um, <laughs> but canon in the show that May 17th was Clark's birthday because that was what Bryce Sables birthday was and he wanted it to be the same to the point where mm-hmm. and and by birthday I guess we are saying the day that he landed in Smallville but that is literally the date that they go back to in Tempest Fugitive which is the most canon thing that ever happened on the show as far as I'm concerned so just uh just a continuity problem that that irks me comic books his birthday is often
0: said to be february 29th oh that's weird so i think that's where they were trying to get and they were probably like well there wasn't a february 29th in 1966 In 66 interesting but i mean if the show had set its own certain rules they should have stuck to like the bryce sable thing yeah and I mean, Bryce Abel was one of the best writers the show had, I thought. So, I think Good. so
1: too. Now, that said, the regime has changed several times since his yes. day.
2: Well, but. yeah.
0: And I mean, sometimes those things do have the, you know, an effect. Um, I'm sure there are other situations where they, you know, contradicted themselves later on certain dates or birthdays or
1: whatnot. We'll be keeping an eye going forward. Don't you worry. Yeah um but at the end here like um just an important clue thing uh baron sunday kind of magics away clark's handkerchief and and nobody notices it um meanwhile at the daily planet the next day lois uh, is checking in with clark again of like you're okay right like you got some sleep you you tell me um you're not you're not worried about being married to me right because like all this this, you know, running away and seemingly being uncomfortable with the giant wedding, which I would be, too. I totally understand. But it's got her a little spooked. And and I, I love that about this. Like, again, like when they get into the relationship stuff, especially right now on the show, I think it's working as well as it ever did. Yeah, I do wish. I mean, just in general, that the show had spent
0: more time on them dating. <laughs> me too. Oh, me too the courtship because i mean it would have been cute to like have an episode of them going to the movies and like people are loud in the theater so clark pushes cold breath at them to just gonna love. say <laughs> you know what i mean yep just like little cute moments i because i mean it's i think perry says it he's like mary don't you think you should try dating first and that yes. was a great and he's absolutely know. right but yeah it's I, I almost feel like the show kind of had one of those like, kind of like edicts that once they teased getting married, they needed to hurry it up and do it. And then of course DC comics was like, we're not ready. And then we had the fake clone frog, clone frog wedding. right? Amnesia, in whatever. Um, and
1: yeah, it was just a mess. It, it's, it's all a bummer, especially knowing that, you know, I, I like, God bless her for writing the pilot. I, I don't put too much stock in Deborah Joy as like the creator and the the figurehead of the show or whatever. But like her thought of keeping them apart for years, I feel was right. Or at the very least, I feel like she wouldn't have rushed them towards marriage. She would have given us exactly what you just talked about and what I've always wanted. Like, <clears throat> let them date. Let them let them feel this out and see all the the twists and turns of it before they actually walk down the aisle you know but there is one thing i thought lois and
0: clark did very well as far as timing goes and that was letting lois in on clark's secret yes because by the end of season two it was getting very old yes the, the cheese of the month club and all those excuses every week whereas um i think the only problem was once lois
1: knew the secret the show stopped having fun with it I agree and I also understand that once she knows the secret it's harder to keep them apart. Yes. Like and again I don't want them to rush into marriage but like you know they did that for the first couple episodes of season 3 and and I I love them but it is a little contrived of like he's not ready so he pushes her away and then he's ready but she pushes him away because she's mad at him for pushing her away and she, you know lives her own life and then they're both cool with it and what you know like it's it's been it was that for a
0: couple episodes but still, it's like they should still be making excuses together for perry and jimmy and that would have been really cute to see lois coming up with excuses for clark yes yes like, and and we do get that like th- there's been bit. some great ones but um it, yeah it no, i feel you as much as i think they should have but i'm glad they did not drag that out longer But, yeah, I think the two of them could have easily... I mean, they're young and clearly attracted to each other. Oh, totally. So, like, they were going to have to get them together, but I don't think they need to... In fact, you know, it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier in uh, in this recording where you were like, I don't believe Lois dreamed of a big wedding. I don't either, because Lois, like, likes to at least put on that very independent front. Yes. And... So I think that in itself could explain why they wouldn't rush to get married except for maybe he didn't want to be a very patient man for too long. Yes,
1: well, that does explain a lot of things, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he he assures her here um, that he is, quote, chomping at the bit to get married and they're, they feel better about each other. Uh, and then they do clue stuff and just, like, let's just get this out of the way. It turns out the bus driver was Clemens, uh, not Roger, Rob, uh, and served under Captain Tom Ellis. Tom Ellis? Lucifer? Ted Ellis. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I suck today. Um, served under Captain Ted Ellis, who was a munitions expert, and Clemens spent a year in the NIA, the National Intelligence Agency, and Clark knows Matt Young over there, so let's go talk to him, and they go to the elevator's Um and just as Lois mentions Ellen and, you know, meeting to, to plan the wedding with her mother, the elevator door kind of like triggers him into one of these spaceship memories and he freaks out and runs out. Which again, nice, nice, just like timing of super stuff being an issue, right? When personal stuff is too. But then we're walking with with Matt Young and uh, turns out that he and Clark met in Jamaica on this gun smuggling raid when um, Clark was... Uh, like a young reporter and uh, needed to make a name for himself. And and Matt Young gave him the scoop, you know?
0: I did feel like there were way too many coincidences in this episode. (laughs) Oh, Like all these connections. It's just like, oh, so there's that guy, that guy, and that guy. But like, I don't know if, I mean, I know Lois and Clark are smart, but like calling up Matt Young just seemed to be like a random connection. They figured out like how did they figure that i don't know yeah
1: i it was lucky that clark's friend at the nia was involved with these people for sure yes Yes. okay yeah and that it turned out to yeah because i guess clark didn't know anything about the military side of it because he never knew these names until matt was saying that oh good it's all connected you know um i do love the idea here though that like young upstart reporter clark kent flew down to, to Jamaica because he heard about this gun running thing and like made sure he was boots on the ground and got involved. Like I, I, I like these kind of, you know, Superman begins kind of like stories that we get every once in a while on the show with him and the, and the Pavel yeah. leaves and that type of thing.
0: Well, that's a part of the story that I think Lois and Clark introduced that they later did put into like comics, like Superman birthright. Cause I think it kind of proves that Clark is a good person whether or not he's superman
1: that's interesting that 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 they i figured it was from john byrne and i've only read the first like six or seven issues of the john byrne stuff but i figured this like kind of he flew around the world and you know put some miles on his soul thing came from that but you're saying that came from the show maybe i think it came from the show i could be wrong
0: i actually have not read all of the Byrne stuff no relation that's that's impressive
1: um no relation (laughs) Um, but he that's, did see baron sunday apparently yeah well sure but um but that's impressive for the show i never knew that yeah. um speaking of baron sunday baron sunday has another voodoo doll of mr matt young and makes him freak out about seeing angry dogs to the point where he pulls his gun and he he's, shoots at lois and clark but of course we get some super bullet catching um i liked this here like matt passes out he had been unbuttoning his shirt, thankfully, so that we could see this the chest wound. And then Clark grabs the electrical like wires from a lamp pole and shocks him back awake. Like, I thought that was a cool Superman move.
0: That was kind of a cool Superman move. But again, it was like one of those coincidences. That oh, he like, thankfully he right passed at, out right here. And he, got, he happened to get hit by Baron Sunday right as he's talking to Lois and Clark. Which maybe Baron Sunday would think was like a warning to them, but I think it's more like it would be a thing like giving them clues. Yeah, that's fair too. That's also, fair like, too. Baron Sunday's little pamphlet thing that went in the trash didn't have a snake, kind of like the snake on the chest? And oh, it
1: did it? I feel like it might have. Quite possibly. <laughs> so I'll have to go back and look at that. But yeah, yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. He's leaving too many clues. Yeah. <laughs> um, Meanwhile, at Clark's place, the Beverly's are hanging out and talking about a flower girl. And if they don't know a young girl, one can be provided. Oh, boy. And then, like, maybe it's just because weddings are possibly not too far off from me. But the idea of a 500-person wedding that they're talking about here is just appalling to me. Like, it scares the living shit out of me. Well, it's also, Lois and Clark don't have that many friends. Truly. Like they could barely those? fill that mountaintop when they finally did get married.
0: Ooh,
1: ouch. And I mean Lois's own <laughs> sister doesn't even come to the
0: wedding they actually have.
1: Exactly. They don't even like the people they know.
0: Yeah, so yeah, I don't know. Craziness. This, speaking of their friends, is this the last time we ever see Star? Yes, it is. Okay. This is now, we'll get to was, her, but this is the okay. swan song for Star. Okay, I do have something to bring up
1: about Star once we get to her. Oh, good, because there's so little to talk about with Star, frankly. Like, great. Um, okay. Let's talk about that in a second. But uh, meanwhile, on the plane, uh, Baron Sunday's got uh, Clark's voodoo doll. And, like, he's he's failing, right? Like, the the voodoo pin that he pushed into Clark is bent. And, like, Ziggy's in, a, in a, his Jamaican accent is like, oh, this Clark Kent's got, got his magic's too strong. You know, like, you, you can't be doing this. Um, so I guess Baron just like summons more magic and really doubles down on it and you know back in the apartment Clark starts feeling bad and stumbles onto the balcony and thankfully you know helpfully unbuttons his shirt so that Lois can see the snaky thing on it <laughs> <laughs> Can be- well maybe they get really hot I think so because because Matt Young to wear- started to do it yeah. too yeah um, so. I, I just to be a Superman nerd though I'm like I guess he's not wearing his suit today
0: I was thinking that too, but what the hell? I always wonder when he's got his sleeves rolled up and he's supposedly got the Superman suit underneath too. True, and where are the boots? Someone explain the goddamn boots to me. Well, I mean, by season three, he was doing the Wonder Woman spinny thing, though, wasn't he? Yes, he was doing his Tasmanian Devil. <laughs> See, I think that tells you the different generations you. And
1: <laughs> it's also you Jim Carrey masks to me. I'm like Wonder Woman. Yep. <laughs> um, Yes, he was doing the spinny thing. But again, I just like, I'll never understand where Superman keeps his boots. It's n- neither here nor there. Um, But uh, I-, I thought it was, again, you know, real life and super life coming together. Lois has to shoo the Beverly's out and she's got Clark in bed. And uh, she, I guess, I get here, yeah, really. <laughs> um, Well, he's sick in bed, like for the second episode in a row, the poor guy.
2: Oh, yeah. Um,
1: but uh, I guess it's, this is the first time he realizes that he has the snake thing. Because like, she has to tell him that it was on his chest. So, and because he's like, well, it's gone now. Everything's fine. She's like, you're out of your mind. What are you, like, why aren't you telling me any of those? He doesn't want to wear hair. Yes. But ag- again, it's, like, it's nice. They're, they're both too used to being on their own. And they've never done this a, a, like, you know, healthy relationship oh. thing
0: it's kind of sad though because i think if he told had told her what was up with him and these dreams he was having then she'd be a little less worried about him having
1: cold feet oh totally yeah it's all um it's like she talks about here like th- this is craziness you know like a-, a why didn't you tell me but like you can't just push fear down like this um or it's it it's going to stop your heart you know like it it could kill you Especially with all this magic shit around, so it's it's nice. I, I think this is a nice. Um, I think this is a nice conversation between the two of them that that gets rather real real world, even though we're talking about crazy voodoo shit. Meanwhile, I guess Ziggy's had enough, huh? Yeah, <laughs> this poor dude. He's on Baron Sunday's plane and like seemingly sneaking, trying to sneak away, but Baron Sunday becomes scary smoke and freaks him out right when Lois and Clark are about to show up. And see, I thought somebody was smoking something in
0: the plane. <laughs> and then we saw that that was just like another Baron Sunday illusion of some sort.
1: Yes. Not only making himself smoke and pushing it out of his room, but the ever more impressive pulling the smoke back into his room, which was probably filmed backwards. Oh, hundred percent just reverse the shot, but it's just, oh, it's yeah. funny to me when it, when you see stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but you know, Intrepid reporters are here. So Baron Sunday meets with Lois and Clark. Um, and uh, Baron Lois Sunday. Lois finds
0: something on the floor.
1: Yes. Um, they're, they're talking about like how to trigger hallucinations. And little does she know that she's finding the evidence of how he does it. But she pulls up one of the voodoo pins that's just hanging out there. Um, and uh, Baron Sunday is also like, again, just like kind of Bond villain style, giving away the game. Mm -hmm. of uh, you know most of life is a frightening hallucination and uh you know anything that you believe could trigger or whatever like just basically giving them the breadcrumbs as to how he did it but i guess it's also a hiding in plain sight approach yeah
0: right or does so he does not know clark is superman does
1: he i so i think he could because he he like kind of pointedly when um they're talking about how awesome his plane is, he's like, Oh, it's great. It's just like flying, like I'm a giant bird. You'd you oh, know what that's like, Mr. Kent. Okay, that makes sense. And of
0: course he's putting that yeah thing that probably Clark did have nightmares about anyway,
1: but he's making it bigger. Right, the whole right thing about the ship. The ship thing. Yeah. Which is weird to me though that he said that it was like a giant bird, because I think it's a plane. I think it's Superman. Hey that was for you i wrote that down and i went craig's gonna jump on this
0: Yeah. see it's so unfortunate that we can't i mean with you know the way the last year has been because we used to do these recordings in person
1: yes which was horrible for sound but but fun for us so whatever yeah we had so much fun yeah um yeah we're now we're struggling over breaking zoom connections so you know life life is a party it's 2021 you know hey. i get my second shot next week so ah congratulations woohoo okay um <laughs> meanwhile at the daily planet i love this lois has read clark's like old piece about this you know gun running in jamaica and his first reaction is be kind oh, <laughs> very cute to me but basically it turns out that there was this big bad guy who was john hendrix um and uh he was the guy that was kind of behind the whole uh gun running, but um, Lois notices that like Matt Young and the n i a are never mentioned in the piece. like Clark kind of kept his sources quiet, and she's smelling conspiracy, you know
0: well i I liked the part where she pulls out the picture of John Hendricks, was yes. like yes, he's younger in ways a bit more, but
1: <laughs> yes but he looks an awful lot like baron sunday and then we get this like i
0: thought lightning
1: no that too (laughs) i love this though we get this like early 90s headshot basically of chris williams um but the detail i liked about it was he was wearing glasses and clark didn't recognize him and i'm like the glasses Ah. fucking play (laughs) nice so another score one for glasses
0: I wonder if we can find that old headshot of Cress Williams on the internet. Somewhere. Oh,
1: I wonder. Because like it, it had to be from something else. I figured it was right. a headshot. But at, at the very least, he's got different hair. You know, like he's got different yeah. hair, I think, in that. Um, yeah. When he's got like kind of baby dreads in the show. So it's, yeah. it's interesting. As we're learning things about Baron Sunday, also turns out he sleeps like a vampire. He's just like, feels like he's on like a funeral pyre in his plane. And he's got his hands over his chest. It's very... Vampire-like, and Ziggy is sneaking out again. But of course, Baron <laughs> Sunday apparently wakes up just in time, where maybe wasn't asleep at all. As uh, as Ziggy makes his way towards Lois's, we're already hanging out there with Star for her fourth and final appearance. She was in four episodes. Four episodes.
0: I didn't realize that. I thought she was only in like two or three at the most. Do you know anything about
1: Star? Like, what the hell happened here?
0: All I know or remember about Star is on the Warner Brothers lot, the building they would use for the exterior of yes. Lois's apartment building, they actually put a little neon star in Star's window. You see that more than you see her. Oh, you do? Okay. Yes, I didn't know if we ever actually saw it on the screen, but I remember noting it on the back lot back then. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, Olivia Brown was actually... I believe she was on Miami Vice, so she was a pretty well-known
1: actress at the mm-hmm. time. It just so. feels like, like, what the hell was their plan here? Because they introduce her in a big way, they use her very sparingly, and then she's just like, Cat Grant unceremoniously kicked what? off the show.
0: Well, I mean, I do appreciate also that she added a little diversity to the show that didn't have a whole
1: lot. 100%, especially when the only other black character we've
0: seen in a while is Cress Williams, the villain. <laughs> but also, just the notion that I think the problem with Star is, again, she was kind of like what I said about Ellen Lane. Like all of her stuff was just so campy and cringe. It was too big, yeah. Like, I remember when we did our fan fiction fifth season, and somebody wanted to do a star episode. I'm like, please no, <laughs> and they did it anyway. But uh, I just did not care for any more star, just because it was always like I'm possessed, or you know, whatever. Yeah, but it's weird to think like she wasn't called in when Drew Carey and
1: Mimi were haunting people or anything. A hundred percent, and like, like I know that Lois had moved at that point, but it's just like I I get it as a fan because like I don't think she. Adds much to the texture of the series either. I think she wasn't but even invited to their weddings. No, but like that's the writer's fault. She's not doing anything wrong, and but they're not doing any favors to making her endearing or more than just a plot convenience when we need to know magic shit. You know, like it's it's just kind of I don't understand why it started and then i don't understand why they decided it failed and just moved on anyway so that's that's star but she's here she's got a she's got a job to do for one more scene god damn it she's got her (laughs) dowsing rods and she's got them up to clark's head and she's like well he's not possessed maybe he's just fucking nuts you know (laughs) um i wonder what she'd think of beverly truly (laughs) um i love the lois like kind of saying like well couldn't it be hypnotic project and star is like so happy that lois believes in magic now you know (laughs) yeah it's very cute but um star gives clark advice uh which is that you know next time this happens to try to bring the vision into focus to to when you shine light on the shadows they're not so scary you know which is turns out to be great great advice um but before he can use it star's dowsing rods there pick up some evil in lois's purse and it's not just her credit cards. <laughs> I liked that line. Though. I did too. I, yeah. I liked it too. Um, but uh turns out that uh, Star thankfully knows exactly what the voodoo doll pin is. It's something used by uh, uh, Bokor, Bokor. Sorry, I watched it last night. I don't remember how this is pronounced. But it's uh, a voodoo practitioner would use this pin to... Um, you know, stick it into a doll and cast spells as we've seen throughout the entire episode. Um, and she's, this is kind of like out of her magical depth. She's not sure how to ward out this type of black magic, but she does suggest that a charm could help uh, keep, keep someone under a spell grounded, you know, during it. So maybe that'll come back. Meanwhile, in comes Ziggy
0: down the hallway of Lois's apartment building and he comes into the place and then does he drop dead? I don't remember exactly.
1: Yeah, um baron sunday like rips it's mean rips the arm off the voodoo doll Mm. he he collapses and he gets the cheap version of the snake on his chest he just gets the makeup version oh um but he dies uh and um a detective comes and checks him out and lois and clark have him covered in a sheet which is nice i guess but uh the detective's like sorry how long ago did he die like oh I don't know twenty minute forty minutes ago whatever it's like really because he's super duper decomposed and he pulls it back and like Ziggy is is looks like the mummy you know like does he smell that good question especially Superman well does well that brings up the question like with Ziggy being and Baron Sunday being kind of like back from the dead do they both just smell like corpses all the time or is it an illusion or do they have a lot of deodorant on maybe what do we know illusions michael illusions (laughs) um but that's that i mean like the rotting composed corpse excuse me but the rotting decomposed corpse is enough uh for lois and clark to get in the jeep and head on down to the airport
0: did i see you put lois's jeep on an image from action comics number one
1: (laughs) the the other day yes
0: i've always wanted to do that that was amazing, Matt. I Thank just, you.
1: If you're not following the Lois and Clark Instagram, you should be. I appreciate that. But yes, well, your site reminded me that it's it was um, Action Comics Day, so yeah. I thought like, oh, this is this is a good reason to do this for 20 minutes, and I put that. That was fun. I was like, I recognize that Jeep. Of course, <laughs> um, I love seeing the Jeep. Like that's just one of those weird world ability continuity things that that I enjoy. Um. Uh, I also it always reminds me of that I think it was a Jeep commercial that you showed me that featured the fortress of solitude and Clark's uh, you know the the Dean Kane costume I don't remember that Oh you I think it was what you that one? showed it to me I'll I'll share it with you later I it's on it's on my Facebook if anyone's curious I posted it forever ago but it's it's an interesting commercial where a Jeep drives up to the fortress of solitude and a guy we don't really see gets out and picks up it uh, takes his Superman suit out of the car too but it's a hundred percent the Dean Kane suit
0: that's so cool I wonder if it was like a
1: cross-promotion thing they did I, it must have been it, it, but it's yeah I'll send that to you later yeah um, absolutely
0: I would enjoy that
1: meanwhile uh, Lois and Clark are putting the clues together uh, they're now totally convinced that Hendrix is Baron Sunday and Clark is kind of dealing with some heavy shit for a second because he's realizing he he helped frame an innocent man because he trusted he trusted Matt you know like Matt Young took total advantage of him it means Clark was posting fake news yeah <laughs> he'll never that do that again in that. never once um, I do like that Lois takes this moment here it, it's weird how it plays out but like she's taking. Uh, star's advice to heart and puts takes her ring off and puts it in clark's coat Um, would it been better for her to tell him that right before the jacket off it's like you are here and you're reading my notes okay (laughs) uh because i remembered like i remember dean kane like wiggling on the runway later and reaching for the ring and i thought there would be a scene where she's like i know this is dumb but take it but right, that would have made a little more sense A little more sense, but we don't get it Instead they, they jump on the plane And they go right into like So uh, you're John Hendricks and you've been killing all these people Huh uh, And you know Baron Sunday's like well the jig's up But I'm still magic So fuck you guys I have a very
0: important question about this Okay Who's let's up? go Who is the pilot of Baron Sunday's plane
1: Oh maybe, maybe another snake
0: no, you know what I mean, though. I'm like, yes, I do. Especially when they land uh, in a couple minutes, it's like, wait a
1: minute, who piloted that plane? I'm gonna guess magic at this point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't uh, have a better solution that was my for you. Original guess, but it's like, if they beat Baron Sunday, who's gonna pilot the plane? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. That's a wonderful question, because yeah. also the plane starts taking out with like no real heads up that this is happening yeah um, but first he he like makes Clark freak out and pushes him off the plane and then like I like that he pushes the stairs away from the plane and like Dean does this weird like pathetic roll away from the stairs it's just kind of funny to watch <laughs> uh, and he puts Lois in a scary voodoo cat eyes trance um, and the plane starts taking off and Clark is freaking out and pulling off his jacket and you know that's a
0: bummer but he well- starts go ahead the other thing I didn't get, and I might be getting ahead of ourselves, but when they're in the plane, he has the door open, but when we see the
1: plane in flight, we don't see a door open. Oh, the actual like CG model of it or whatever yeah. it was? Yeah. Interesting. Well, we're on the other... <laughs> Sorry, it's just because I watched it yesterday. The camera's on the other side of where that door would be, but maybe sure. we should see it anyway. Sure, Jan. <laughs> hey, I'm helping. Um, <laughs> my my whole thing is like so yeah the the plane takes off and he opens up the cabin door to throw lois out of it and there's like there's a bit of wind but there should be a lot more wind also it seemed lois
0: was a bit chill about just backing out of the plane super fine with it like yeah i would have been freaking out like even being a foot away from it
1: yeah especially knowing that like you know i know she's done it before and there's always the superman thing but like superman's not in a good way right now yeah exactly and you didn't tell him about the fucking ring so you're really leaving this to chance lois (laughs) Um, but meanwhile on the ground like clark clark is hearing he's freaking out but he's hearing lois's advice come in and you know like you've got to fight it, clark whatever uh turns for no good reason and sees the ring grabs it and then again there's no good like design continuity with the ship but I love this this kind of like view of jor and Laura here. And is this like the
0: third or fourth Jor-El and Laura?
1: I knew week? you were going to ask. It's the second of both. Okay. It's, this is the second time we've seen either of them. And then we'll see jor one more time at the end of this season.
0: Who are the actors that played them in this? I season? have
1: no idea. Okay. I didn't know if you had it written down somewhere. I do not. I'm sorry. Okay. It's cute though. There's no continuity with the actors, but it's cute because we get to see them for a second. We see that this vision wasn't really scary. It was, it was the last time he saw his birth parents and they drop in the blanket with the S patch. And even though it has no good continuity on that S-patch, I like it. It's cute. It's, it's a nice bit. And we see, like, Krypton explode in his eyes, which I guess is technically the last time we see the ship in the show. Anyway.
0: Although, isn't that, like, the shot from the opening titles? It is, yes.
1: <laughs> yes, we see it all the time, but I'm, like, in the oh, in the I, narrative, I'll say.
0: We didn't point out earlier in the episode, they had the shot where Lois walks around Clark that later was in the opening titles for season
1: four. Oh, I haven't been watching season four on the reg right now. So I don't remember that, but nicely yeah. done.
0: So I thought that was like really fun. I
1: always love seeing shots that ended up in the credits. Me too. Yeah. Um, nice grab. Um, was it when they're just like kind of being too clingy, but affectionately close at the Daily Planet? It was when they were at the Daily Planet and he
0: just looked like, I, He actually, I think he just had another one of his visions oh was okay really Insecure, and she walked around him she had the white outfit on okay yeah. nicely done man you all can look it up but it's definitely the shot from the season four opening titles i i appreciate this input thank
1: you <laughs> no um problem. anyway krypton I mean expl- yeah <laughs> krypton explodes in his eyes just in time for like baron sunday pushes lois out but like we don't even see you know her falling through the clouds like she leaves frame and then she gets whooshed back in with Superman, you know? Yeah. And then Clark defeats Baron Sunday with seatbelts.
0: Yeah, that was a choice too. Like, couldn't Baron Sunday still do magic?
1: Yeah. It was a bummer. And it felt like Cress Williams was just playing, was just told to play like, like, just like pretend you're in a daze, like you're out of it. Cause like he's just, he's not fighting anything. He's just a little catatonic for a second. I guess the show never set
0: the rules for what could beat Baron Sunday.
1: No, they didn't, and clearly oh. this doesn't really beat him. But yeah. it just felt like an easy, that. an easy out here. Yeah. Um. Anyway, the plane lands. Superman comes down the run, the stairs there, which I thought was kind of cute. Um, and the police go inside to get Baron Sunday uh, just in time for kind of Clark explains that you know it wasn't it wasn't a cell or a dungeon i was being trapped in it was the quote capsule i was sent to Earth in, and
0: it brought me to you
1: yes i liked all that i love this shit where she's like you know i could feel the love and the sadness from my parents of them having to send me across the universe
0: well Um, again it's um in 1990s, Lois and Clark fandom, we would have called those warm and fuzzy feelings.
1: Yeah, like, I should adopt that more because I, I always talk about the lovey-dovey stuff, but it's the same thing. Yeah, it,
0: it, those were we would call them waffy scenes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I um, have you seen the Lois and Clark acronym list? No, I, I guess we'll have to post that with this episode,
0: though. At this point, we really should. I'll try to find it for you, but like. We had all these. I mean, my favorite was still the pathetic one person admiring Terry Hatcher. You know? That's
1: pretty good. Yeah, but, that's pretty
0: good. Um, I mean, that was just such a part of like the whole lexicon of being a fan in the 90s. Like, I feel like fandom was a lot more positive then, too. Like, you know, I did say that, you know, by season four, we kind of had different thoughts on how the show was going. But still, it was like it was about celebrating. It wasn't about fighting over who ends up with who. Um. It was just like we want to see Lois and Clark. We want to see them happy. We want to see Perry and Jimmy and Jonathan and Martha, Tempest and Lex. You know, mm. it it was kind of joyful to be a fan of the show. I think before ship posting became a a pastime. Yeah. yeah, it's like there there it really wasn't that negative. I think it's, I mean, it might just be because the people who were on the internet in 1996 were nerds. Yeah. I say that in the nicest way, but we were the first ones to like venture into the internet. So like just from that alone, it seemed quote unquote normal to be passionate about a TV show. Right. And to love it. And, you know, for us just, I mean, Sunday nights getting new episodes of (laughs) Loves and Park. I mean, and it was even so different. I mean, even, in the smallville days it was different because like now if i wanted to see a show on east coast time i could find a way whereas back then it's like pacific was not getting it until <laughs> 8 p.m sunday which you know it already aired three hours earlier on the east coast but we didn't like spoil each other
1: it just yeah that's nice
0: but you know there were certain things that were um also very of its time as far as security goes like for example there used to be a satellite feed that would put out Lois and Clark on like Saturday mornings, and somebody really? would hold of it and do a transcript of the episode. Oh, that's awesome! We really wanted spoilers, yeah, and like that would never fly. I know there was also a th- an infamous thing where uh, Terry and Dean were on like Good Morning America or something, and somebody got the satellite feed, and Terry's talking about something like just. Really goofy, and the fans just
1: ate it up. I don't remember what that's great. Like, someone was hacking to get Lewis and Clark material. It's amazing. It wasn't hacking,
0: it was just available on the satellite feed if you knew where to look for it. Wow, it just wasn't encrypted like it would be now, right? And that's just a product of the times. And I mean, it and there weren't a lot of places to talk about it. We had our AOL boards. Um, mostly hosted by abc eventually warner brothers had an area we had irc internet relay chat and like stuff like the krypton club newsletter but that wasn't that interactive but we send it like twice a week but you know i'm getting all nostalgic thinking about it but like
1: i remember us all anticipating the big wedding i'm sure so dared i'm sure well, the, the funny thing is that, you know, like Krypton site was, was that for me yeah. when I was a kid. You know, that's where I would go to um, be spoiled and then rumor milled by you about what was coming up with, uh, with Smallville, you know? Yeah, like
0: around this time in Lois and Clark fandom, I think we did get spoiled that the wedding thing would be like a three episode arc. Just three. And I feel like one of the episodes was called Memory Lane. And I now pronounce you was originally called. It happened all night.
1: Oh, weird. Yeah, interesting.
0: So, anyway, I know that's a tangent, but that's a fun tangent. Like, no,
1: that's that's great stuff to I, know. Like, I, I,
0: really I wish that you know more of the old stuff was archived in some way, just because it's so different than now. I mean, I feel like, like I feel like fans of TV shows now have to have their hands held through everything. Like, you know, every every time an episode airs there's an interview on like entertainment weekly producer explains blah 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 sure like when i interviewed brad buckner in season three i think that was the only interview he did all year that's crazy i know like not even like tv guide so like i got to ask random questions like do you think we'll ever see any of these characters from before and i remember actually we did the interview around this time you know around 320 and he's like well asabi's back in such and such an episode. <laughs> and that everyone's favorite thr- no but that was kind of thrilling at the time to find out stuff that you know would have been like news on tv line now you know what i mean sure sure i do remember cringing when i asked brad buckner i was like do you think we'll ever see guest heroes on lois and clark and he said you mean like spider-man
1: oh whoops yeah I kind god, of john wesley's ship is sitting right there too god damn it oh, john
0: yeah well you know when we did our fan fiction fifth season we actually did do i know
1: yeah you've talked about crossover that with star labs so. um uh fans of the show keep an eye out for something similar once we finish season three here um real quick for you craig um zach and i are going to do one of our our like breaking episode episodes to do a, a um crossover like that oh okay just just for the shit of it yeah but anyway yes to cap off our lovey dovey feelings he gives her back the ring and kisses her hand for a second in public when they're alone and i like it there's part of me that's like somebody could be watching you but whatever they steal their little moment and i'm into it
0: and somebody could have been watching when he bounced the bullets
1: off earlier in the episode right right Mm -hmm. we 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 can't get into all this but uh, what we can get into for a second is when the cop comes out and says, Baron Sunday's escaped. And Clark's like, you know, he's not here. Like, how? This is impossible. And he goes and checks and sure enough, but a uh, big ass snake is slithering away and laughing as he does it. So, And nobody sees the snake. No, like, I mean, like, I don't know that anyone was looking for it, but you're right. Superman is there. Yeah, but you'd think you would see a snake
0: slithering around if you're at the airport.
1: True. You, you yeah. might notice that that's out of the ordinary in Metropolis. You know,
0: I'm just mad because, you know, they should have had him transform on the plane. So there'd be an MFing snake on the MFing plane. Oh, uh,
1: That would have been fun. No, but, but no, we we get either, uh, either he's a shapeshifter or it's a horcrux or whatever the hell, but Aaron Sunday lives again, to fight another day. Can manipulate
0: reality. And I mean, he could have been that mist that came out of the door too.
1: Oh, I kind of thought he was earlier.
0: Yeah, so maybe he can shape shift in a way.
1: Yep, he's he's a powerful threat that apparently the minute he was at a Metropolis decided, I don't need to fuck with the Superman guy again. Whatever, he learned his lesson. But he will return
0: to the DC Universe 20 years later
1: as the Star of Black Lightning. Yes, who will then join the multiverse. and I mean, so cool to see him here because before this, all I knew him from was black lightning well uh, excuse me obviously i saw this first but like that's the only stuff that i really know him from and i've seen more of him obviously as black lightning than as as baron oh, sunday
0: but it's it's great though like i was about to say like he's a very nice man i've interviewed him probably like four times yeah and he's just very gracious very kind and you can tell everybody at black lightning just loves it so I know it's the last season for them, but um I hope we still see his character, Jefferson Pierce in the Arrowverse after this year.
1: I hope so too. Cause that's, yeah. that's a show that, that somehow kept things pretty emotionally grounded, even as shit got crazy around him as, as the story kind of developed. Um, I especially love the first season of that show yeah. and I've seen, I like, it's kind of like Supergirl and um, uh, Arrow for me where like, I've seen bits and pieces and like heard about the big stuff and come in for the events, you know, and obviously crisis on infinite earths, but I I was always impressed that they somehow struck a different tone with that show and kept that up. And that's the thing that
0: impresses me watching Superman and Lois now. Mm. It's kind of like that first season of black lightning It is so different from everything else in that Arrowverse. Right. That it doesn't feel as homogenized. Because I'm so over this whole thing going on with the superhero shows now. Where every superhero has a team of people backing him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And something I love about Lois and Clark is it's Clark doing his thing. And his number one, you know, best friend and love of his life is right there at his side. But it's the two of them against the world. And I love Mm
1: -hmm. it. I couldn't agree with you more. It's not
0: like uh, Martha and Jonathan are in the control center or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I love Martha and Jonathan. Oh, me too. Um, You know, I love them. But um, yeah. And I think that was very clear in this episode, even though Lois really should have told him about the ring. I liked that she became part of the solution to the story.
1: That's when this show works best for me is when, when she is as crucial to the Superman stuff as he is. I Um, think
0: any Superman story is like that though. Like, Superman is great, partly because of Lois Lane, and if you get that, you know how to write this stuff.
1: Oh of course, they, they are you know, we're just laughing about like, like you know
0: Lois in the future, you don't know what you're doing.
1: Right. We were just laughing about the, the teams of superheroes right now, but for, for me, she is as much she makes Superman as possible as his Kryptonian DNA does, you know like it's, it's a crucial thing. Um, Anyway, so crucial that the two of them have decided to ignore the Beverly's planning the wedding and head out onto the fire escape with a bottle of wine and uh, and toast each other here real well, quick.
0: That also brings up, uh, I loved the Clark's, Clark's Little Loft set, mm-hmm. but I love that particular part of the set where they're out on, you know, on the... It's on a landing. Um, oh, Whatever. yeah. So this but, is
1: yeah, this is the fire escape at Lois's. Yeah. But yeah, we're on his. Oh, I thought it was at Clark's. No, this is Lois's. Oh, okay. Never mind. Sorry. That's okay. That's okay. But earlier in the episode, we were out yeah. on his balcony, which I do love too.
0: Yeah, but I love that. And I love that the two older women are just chattering away about the sweating stuff. And it's I think Lois and Clark are just like, you know what? We have each other no matter what happens at the sweating. As long as we're both there, it's gonna work out unfortunately spoiler warning they're not going to both
1: be there right (laughs) um i do love that though like they're they're outside toasting and drinking and whatever and ellen's basically shouting like you're gonna come play or not and (laughs) lois is like you know you keep doing what you're doing best and we'll do what we do best which is kissing and they kiss and they blow out the candle and everything's great yeah i think
0: talking about this episode now 25 years later Mm -hmm. you appreciate it a bit more
1: yeah again i do too that's this was a pleasure to watch for me
0: but you definitely brought up some aspects especially the teamwork aspect of lois and clark i mean that's the name of the show but um i just um you know their appreciation and respect for each other mean a lot and exactly there aren't a lot of stories where you see something that great or that well handled
1: so yay so yay um let's let's go over the list here uh, unfortunately we didn't get any good super excuses in this episode um but what what were our super saves we had we had the superman ra- getting lois falling out of the plane right and the rampaging shuttle and i think that's it right like that's the only times that we really saw superman
0: yeah because wow in a lot of yeah i actually did make note in my head that we did not see superman a lot in this one
1: yeah interesting um but i thought the the plotting was was solid so let me let me uh, ask you some questions here craig okay. what was your best what was your favorite lois and clark moment in the episode you know i think
0: it was what we just talked about them out on the landing just enjoying yeah. this company mm-hmm. while the beverly's were indoors
1: i i once again like i always let the guest go first and they almost always have the right answer, but just, just to pick something else, I okay. liked after she asked him at the Daily Planet, like, we're okay, right? And when he says he's chomping at the bit, she comes around to him and they do clue stuff, but they're just, there's a close intimacy and chemistry to them that is intoxicating. May I ask you, was this a good episode for our big three? Was it a good episode for Lois, Clark, And Superman himself. I guess we just kind of talked about Superman. It wasn't a great episode for him.
0: No, but I guess they kind of learned. So in that way, it's good. I mean, again, I would not put this in like my top 10 episodes. It probably wouldn't even be in my top half. But I guess there
1: was character development leading them towards their wedding. Yeah, totally. So I'll say not a great Superman episode because we didn't see him much. But you're right. Totally fair episode for for Lois and Clark here.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so Craig, yes. on the scale of one to 10, what would you give Never On Sunday? Well,
0: in 1996, I would have given it a six. <laughs> I'll give it a seven now. I'll, I'll let it go up a little bit. I mean, I, it did have some good themes and elements. I didn't like when it got campy. Like even though really? like Ziggy was portrayed was pretty campy.
1: Yeah so um, and, dare I say stereotypical as fuck too
0: yeah I feel like if this episode had been done now it would have obviously had way better special effects and sure oh sure had more clarity on what could beat Baron Sunday um and again I do think it was kind of bad storytelling to not have Lois tell Clark about the ring for example I do too I think it was just kind of um fake tension and like i said there were a lot of co- coincidences yeah yeah that's so, fair yeah there's kind of middling i mean it was great to see chris williams obviously and again you were completely right about terry and dean being wonderful so yeah i had that going for it It had some stuff going for it but it
1: i still put it about a seven how about you i i'm the exact same where uh, at seven where it's like there's nothing atrocious about it there's nothing particularly memorable, but if, you know, if I was watching it in reruns and this is the episode that was on, I'm not turning it off. This is totally fine. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, and I do like Chris Williams in it too. Um, but dude, thank you so much for joining me in Metropolis tonight. I always have time for Metropolis. <laughs> <laughs> have you been watching the show at all lately? Like, is this something that you go back to a lot or you have too much to watch now I've of had- modern stuff?
0: way too much going on i've been watching actually every night of the pandemic one of my friends and i have been watching an episode of the original dark shadows a 1960s soap opera cool, cool. <clears throat> we're up to episode 339 now so that was the soap. <clears throat> o- how many episodes did they do 1240 well actually 1225
1: you are... Wow, you're tip of the iceberg. Jesus.
0: Yeah, so like, we haven't even gotten to the first... So this show, it's weird because like... Wait. Characters goes back in time, uh huh. the same actors playing their ancestors. Right. But like, you've gotten to Barnabas by now, right? Yeah, but that took... We didn't get to Barnabas until around Halloween, and we started when the pandemic started. Wow. So... Uh, but it's a great show to watch. I mean it's a time capsule um kind of like again it's the joy of watching lois and clark episodes now for me in a way is i mean you you heard how like like warm-hearted i felt thinking about like just being a part of tv fandom back then but um you know when you see stuff like you know somebody getting a whole packet of information about something (laughs) yeah exactly you know i mean or you know lois and clark could have just looked up baron sunday on the internet you know it's yep. just uh
1: but you yeah, checked the- out his instagram <laughs> well,
0: yes uh, yeah for sure there's a charm to like lois and clark episodes and i mean obviously that's the reason like 15 million people watched it back in the day yeah and that were, we're
1: still hanging out with it now
0: it was, um, a, it was a comfortable show it had likable characters likable cast and uh, I know there are probably people who wished it had gone on longer, but we had four okay seasons. I mean, some are better than others.
1: <laughs> I um, uh, yeah. I hear what you're saying. I will always wish they'd had a little time to wrap it up, but um, yeah, uh, you know, but it's well, never going to happen, folks. So enjoy what we got. With my work, I visited
0: a lot of TV show sets, but nothing could ever replace the feelings I had going to like the set of the daily planet in like 1995 oh i've seen those pictures of giddy
1: giddy (laughs) as you yeah
0: um but you know i was actually thinking about that when we're watching this episode because like i love the like backdrop of like the tall buildings by that large window at the top Mm -hmm. of the stairs and uh, we got a really good shot of that in this episode i'm like oh that just takes me that was a beautiful set i still preferred how it looked in season one but
1: it was a beautiful set. It's it's totally got that charm. And I totally understand re-watching older stuff right now. I just on our friend Zach Moore's um curated list started getting into uh Star Trek The Next Generation for the first time, really. Like I've seen I've seen some of the movies and I've seen a bunch of episodes here and there, like growing up, but like never tried. But he's got this curated list that I'm going through. And it's that same time capsule thing that you're talking about, where it's just like You see the seams, and that kind of makes it all the more fun, you know?
0: Yeah, and you see why people get so nostalgic for these things.
1: Yeah, 100%. You know, um,
0: different, you know, obviously different ones of us have different nostalgia for different reasons. Like, you were very, very young when Lois and Clark was on. Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't have the same reaction I did. You know, I was watching the show in high school. I graduated high school the same week season three ended.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was a, that was more a Smallville for me.
0: Yeah. But it's like, just so, you know, it's great that it can, you know, mean so much to people. And as you mentioned, it's like, there are things that, you know, you notice as an adult that you might not have understood as well as a child, like, you know, preparing for a wedding or anything like that. (laughs) Or Clark's patience. Anyway. Thanks again for having me on. And I don't know when you want to have me back, but I will be back. I'm sure I hope you,
1: you will be back, I believe, for um for a small world so that you can lend some uh some insight as to what it was like to be on that set. But meanwhile, yeah. where Being are you haunting Wolverine the smith
0: and his blooper that ended up on the blooper reel?
1: Yes. But meanwhile, where where are you flying around on the internet? Ah
0: well, Krypton Site still exists. I tell everybody that. Mm-hmm. Uh K Site TV, those are the main places you can find me. Um i'm also on instagram as vader 1206 if any old school lois and clark fans want to say hi they haven't talked to in a long time go for it and yeah um that's about it right now um yeah. i occasionally will show up on zach's podcast is always hold on to smallville Yep. so we're all we're all connected you know oh yeah
1: there's this there's, <laughs> there's no uh, untangling this web at this point yeah but everybody check uh, all the Craig stuff out. Uh, as for me, obviously you've got the show um, and you can always send uh, me an email uh, or a message either through the Facebook, the Instagram or at Clark at gmail.com. But thank you all for listening. Craig, thank you so much for joining me. But for Lois and Clark, I've been Matt Truex. I've been Craig Byrne. Folk off, everybody. See you next time.